And Father, thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, we just determine in our hearts and purpose in our hearts that we will exalt the word of God above whatever we think, above whatever we feel. We will exalt your word. We will exalt your word. We will exalt the word of God, not the word of man, not the tradition of religion. But Father, I thank you that the eyes of our understanding are being enlightened and we're understanding what it is that you have done for us and what it is that you said that we are and what we can do as a result of us being in Christ. The eyes of our understanding are being enlightened. I thank you, Father God, that we are understanding and knowing by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the Word of God what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. Father, I boldly declare today that I am a believer. I boldly declare today, Father, that this room, this building is filled with believers. So I thank you that you will reveal to us what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us, in us, and through us as a result of us being believers, sons and daughters of God. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and praise in Jesus' name. And someone said... Amen. Well, Wednesday night we uh, started, technically last Sunday I wanted to start a series about fruit. And I started just before I even prayed. Some of you may have been here. And before I even prayed, I was just talking and kind of getting the door opened up so you could see where we were going to head. And people were kind of looking at me like I was speaking a different language. So I got thinking maybe I'll just stay here for a moment and help people and talk for a moment and just get the truth out. And so we ended up discussing on Sunday morning, we don't want to get into a place in our life with God where 20, 30 years down the road, we are so overwhelmed and so exhausted from trying to do it all that we look at it and say, why do we do this? What's it all worth? What's the point? And we've seen over and over and over again in, in church history, we've seen people who have, have gotten to that place in their life where they've done all the works, but yet there's still no fulfillment. And, and I shared a testimony, I believe it was Sunday morning, about a person who read a book and held on to this book and, and said, man, this is from a man of God, and this is from the Word of God, and this is the truth, and I'm going to receive what God has said for me only to have life happen in their life. And then they woke up one day and things weren't exactly their best life now and they were irritated. And they thought, well, this book is garbage. And here's what happens if we're not careful. If religion gets its way, if the spirit of religion gets its way, I'm way, 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 here, here's a Facebook quote. I'm way more concerned about the spirit of religion than I am the spirit of the world way more concerned because the spirit of the world although it tries to creep into the church we have a standard that we can hold up against it and say no no now get out of here we're not going to live that way we're not going to talk that way we're not going to act that way oh but the spirit of religion it creeps in the back door and it comes in with some of us and our mindsets and our mentalities and how we think about ourselves and how we think about god and it can sit here in stealth just hanging out and messing around with people i'm way more concerned about the spirit of religion than I am the spirit of the world. Galatians says, the apostle Paul says, now the, the fruit of the flesh is evident. Everybody say evident. evident. Spirit of the world, you can see it coming a mile away. But the spirit of religion, that's altogether a different animal. 
That's a different critter altogether. And if we're not careful, we'll go through all the religious duties and go through all the religious obstacles and jump just the right jumps and dance just the right dance and, and sing the right songs and do the right stuff only to find ourselves at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year or the end of our lives miserable and empty on the inside. And you may be here this morning and you may say, man, I've been in church forever and I've done all the list of don't do's. I've crossed them off. I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't go here and I don't go there and I don't say this. I'm exhausted. I have no peace. I have no joy. I just have a bunch of religious rules and ordinances that I'm trying to keep. And so what we talked about on Sunday was we don't want to wind up in that place. But the spirit of religion wants us to wind up in that place. Because what we've found when we get into that place, we now have a form of godliness. But we've denied or rejected or pushed away the power of God. And we said... I, me, my, I, I can do this, I can do that, I can stop this, I can go here. I am just exhausted. We just wear ourselves out and wear ourselves down. And so exactly the trick and the ploy of the enemy is to say, hey, if I can get these people in the flesh, not living in adultery and pornography and alcoholism and whatever else. No, no, no. I mean just talking about working for God of their own strength. If I can get them in the flesh, I can beat them down and I can wear them out. And what will happen is they'll say, forget this whole mess. And so what's happening in the body of Christ is, is God bless them, but stupid preachers. And I've got to be careful that I don't become one of them. Stupid. That we just preach legalism and law and, and works-based salvation so heavy. And we have no revelation and no understanding of what the word of Jesus Christ is saying to us. And the spirit of God is saying to us. And God himself is saying to us. And so we have people coming into church day after day and week after week as it were. And listening to a sermon. And there's no power for them to be able to get out from underneath the heavy burden. And the heavy weight of living and serving God and a bunch of rules and ordinances. I'm preaching better than your amen. But it's still real good. That was supposed me last Sunday. So then we didn't even, we didn't get to that because you were looking at me last Sunday like some of you are looking at me this Sunday. So I'm wondering if maybe we just need to push play on the recording and do it again. And then Wednesday we got in here and said, all right, I feel like this is going to work. Bless God. And so we got after it a little bit and we talked about bearing fruit and we talked about what that means and why we should do it. But more than that, we talked about how we do it. And we talked about the reality is the Word of God tells us that you and I should bear fruit that should remain. We should bear fruit that remains. Now, just a quick survey or a quick glance. I will say this without judging anyone in this room. I'm not talking about New Creation Church only. I'm talking about the body of Christ in the surrounding area that I live in because I'm in relationship and fellowship with people who are all over the place. I see a lot of fruitlessness in the church. And maybe even in this church, there's, there's certain things that we wish we 
could do differently, but yet we still find ourselves falling into that same rut and that same routine and that same pattern. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to shine some light this morning through the Word of God to help us. How many know the Holy Ghost is our helper? Amen. I thank God that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I thank God that I can pray in tongues. I thank God that I do pray in tongues. I thank God that we pray in tongues. I thank God for tongues. But man, I need the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. I need him working in me and working through me. And so when we look into the scriptures this morning and pay attention to some of these verses this morning, we have to be willing to admit maybe we thought wrong. <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I said to them, I've been preaching, not, not a Christian, not reading, preaching. I've been preaching for almost 23 years. And I still every day wake up and say, what if I'm missing it? What if I'm wrong about this scripture? What if I haven't received the full revelation? What if there's more God that you want to impart into me? What if there's more understanding and more revelation that I'm missing? We get ourselves in a very, very dangerous place when we say, oh, I've heard all that. I didn't learn anything. I knew it already. It was a good reminder. This isn't a measuring contest and pulling out our, our time, but I, I don't know anyone just saying. I don't know anyone that reads more than I do, studies more than I do, and prays more than I do. I don't know anyone. And I'm receiving revelation, and I'm receiving instruction, and I'm, maybe I'm just dumb. But come on, let's get into a place where we're humble, and we say maybe there's more light that has been thrown on this subject, and I'm not just seeing one-third of it, but I'm seeing two-thirds of it now. So today we're going to talk about bearing fruit and we're going to kind of repeat a little bit of what we talked about on Wednesday because it was so good. But uh, first of all, it's important for us to understand whose fruit we're bearing. Only fruit that will remain is fruit that's born out of the Spirit of God. And on Wednesday, I didn't even go to Galatians chapter 5. I didn't even read it. Because we were dealing with so many other things about, for by grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. We are living out of the grace that we've received and we're living in on a daily basis the grace of God. Every single day we're living by grace. Every single day we're living by grace. Every single day we're receiving the, the, the grace of God to give us the ability to live this life out today. And so what we've had is we've had in the church this ideology. It's been around for a long time. Well, you've got to do better, you've got to do more, and you've got to be more, and you've got to be better. And so don't misunderstand the sermon series that we just talked about, having a Heart for God series. I was talking, and I said it even multiple times in that service. Listen, I'm not saying you've got to come to church to be right with God. I'm saying you come to church because you are right with God. I'm not saying you, you honor the Lord with the tithe so you can somehow jump through another obstacle and be right. No, I'm saying because you are right, you present God the tithe, and you read the Bible the same reason, and go to church the same reason and serve in the house for the same reason and serve humanity for the same reason. God is not up there keeping score and saying, well, now, Jim, this week you helped three old ladies, and so this week my face is turned towards you. You've done real well. 
check mark on fruit. You have fruit this week. That sounds ridiculous to us, but that is exactly what most people believe. That's exactly what most people, most Christians absolutely believe that everything that I can do, the works that I can do, my faithfulness in the house to God, my faithfulness to read the Bible, my faithfulness to pray, somehow is building up for me fruit so that at the end of the week I can say, look Jesus, I produced fruit for you. Well, first of all, honey, you're not a producer and you never will be a producer. <laughs> So what is this fruit, and whose fruit is it really? And we talked about this on, on Wednesday night. We said, where we have to get is this revelation and this understanding that it's not about going through the religious duties or the religious ordinances or this many minutes of Bible study. Listen, I don't read the Bible every day all day long and pray every day all day long because I want to be right with God. I do it because I want to know him. And because I am right with him. I'm not punching a time card and saying, check me out. I got... <laughs> so there's apps on, available on the app store that uh, can help you. I need to use mine a little bit more is why I laughed. But they can help you pay attention to what you're eating. They can help you pay attention to the dairy that you're taking in based on what you're eating. You can just hit a click scan of the barcode and it says, oh, well, that's so many grams of dairy or that's so many grams of protein or that's so many grams of fruit and vegetables. And we think that we're like that in our Christian walk. We've got five empty stars over or under, excuse me, beside prayer time. We've got five empty stars by worship time and five empty stars by Bible reading time and five empty stars by church attendance and five empty stars by sharing our faith or evangelism. And so we get up on Sunday and we go to church. Well, that's got to count for at least one worship. Maybe some of you a half. Just saying. But that's got to count for at least one worship star. That's going to count for at least one, one Bible star because my man of God is a word of faith preacher. Amen. And he preaches the word. Amen. And he brings out scripture so many times that I can't keep write them down so fast. So that's going to count for at least one Bible reading star. And as if we're in kindergarten or preschool, we go to God on Saturday night with our report card and say, I promise if you forgive me, I'll do better next week. Don't even look at me in that tone of voice because that is what we've been told is true. And so then we buy into the line. We say, well, we didn't get all five stars in the, uh, in the prayer time and in the worship time and in the Bible time and in the church time and the evangelism time. So I must not be mature. Then we buy into the line that says, well, no wonder I can't beat sin in my life because I'm not mature. But God, if I, if I just, I'll do better next week, I promise. I'll just do more. I feel like I'm pounding nail heads in. 
I feel like I'm just kicking down some religious ideology. And I feel like I'm helping people. I read my Bible not to check off the list or get the, the, the coveted, the, <laughs> the, the highly prized fifth star for the week. I read my Bible because in it is the power of salvation to those who believe. I read it because in it I find instructions on how to live this new life that I don't know how to live because I was born under sin and I was born in the nature of sinful nature and I was born with Satan literally being my God. So I don't know how to live, so I read my Bible so I can find out how to live this new life. And I've got to do everything I can to keep the religious ideology and philosophy of the church. I'm way more concerned about the spirit of religion than I am the spirit of the world. You could look at your neighbor and say, throw your progress report away. Don't, wor don't worry about the stars. See, we have been so inundated with this action reward system. And we call it the Puritan work ethic. And we say, if you go to work, you will earn something. But if you don't, you won't. And so we turn that on God and we say, well, I expect you not to listen to my prayer. I didn't get my five Bible reading stars in this week. Absolutely, this is reality. Who's, who's willing to admit that we've been there and that mentality and that ideology is soaked into us and the spirit of religion is beginning to have its way with the church of Jesus Christ. We've got to do something to find out what the Word says. We've got to do something to keep that stuff out of our life, that trash, that garbage, that thinking will destroy you and destroy me because what if you just had a real crappy week and what if you didn't even get one star out of any of the religious dues that you're supposed to here's where rubber meets the road then what that that intimidation comes in that fear which God has never wanted to put fear on us mm -mm. But the enemy comes lying in wait. The Bible tells us that sin, God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said, sin lies in wait to trap you. It's just lying in wait. And so here comes Saturday night, and we pull out our iPhone or whatever device it is that you use for an alarm clock. We say, didn't get any stars this week. If I go, I'll be convicted if I go, I'll feel condemnation. It's Mother's Day. Maybe I'll just sleep in. I know this for a fact. I know it's true. I said I know it's true. I've had people say to me personally, I stayed away because I just didn't really have that good of a week. I know it's true. I absolutely know it's true. I can't even tell you how many times I've been there and just thought, man, I didn't get the stars I wanted to do this week. Maybe I should stay home. What happens if the preacher stays home? Because we're in the same amount of trouble if you stay home. Because we're all the body of Christ. 
So people say, well, I messed up this, this week and I got road rage and I on, on purpose ran over a cat. <laughs> to me, that's just every... To me, that's just everyday living. That's not road rage. That's just, pump. shouldn't have been near the road. Fump, fump, fump. Not Ferdy, but any other cat. I don't understand. I think cats were for, anyway. So, so you think, well, I wasn't, I wasn't doing good. That wasn't, here we go. Here, here's the religious lie. That wasn't Christ-like character. That wasn't Christ-likeness. And, and I have to work to be like Christ. Oh, you do? I'm going to go ahead and do you a favor. This one's been worn in already. Take all the time you need. Find me that scripture that says you have to work to be like Christ. You take all the time. You can get back to me in five years if you want to. I got a a newsflash for you. But it's not in there. It's not in the book. It's not something that we strive to attain. The character of Christ is imputed into us and put into us and born into us the moment that we're born again. No different than when we did this last week and people are like, Ugh. how many sins do you have to commit to be a sinner? You're born that way. Born that way. People say, well, I didn't think that the Christians believe that way because the homosexuals say they're born that way and we tell them they're not. Well, it doesn't even matter the argument. I've said this before and I'll say it again and again and again. The alcoholics, born an alcoholic, perfect. Jesus has the problem solver. Just be born again. Be reborn. Oh, you were born a murderer? Excellent. Kind of creepy, but Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, perfect. Hey, good for you. Not so good for the people that you murdered, but just be born again. You're, you were born a homosexual. You were born a liar. You were born a thief. You were born a cheat. You were born an adulterer. Perfect. I get it. I'm fine with that. Okay. There is a defect in your, in your DNA, your chemistry, your makeup. Awesome. Awesome. Obviously, I don't believe that, but fantastic. Just be born again. That'll solve it. You'll be recreated. You'll be reborn. You'll be refathered. You'll be renatured. You'll be retooled. So we say hitting cats on the way to work and road rage is not Christ-like. And people say, well, i got to work to be Christ-like because, oh, my goodness, there's so much of me and I must decrease. And he must People hold on to that scripture and think that it's talking about them, and it is not talking about them at all. I've got to work to be Christ-like. I've got to decrease. I've got to have him increase. Find that ideology in the book. What was happening? What was happening in the text of John the Baptist saying that? People were... Thank you for your help. They were coming out of the cities and the villages into the wilderness where John was. And John was baptizing them in water. And John was getting questions like this. Hey, are you the Christ? And John says, what? Am I the Christ? No, 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 no. No, there's a guy who's coming after me. In fact, behold, there he is, the Lamb of God. I've got to get out of the way. Jesus has got to come on the scene. But religiosity says... Well, that's for me. I've got to be more Christ-like. And so 
my ideas and my passions. I'm preaching real good today. This has to, to decrease so that way Jesus can live his life. I've got to allow his spirit to have place. No, you already did that when you received Christ. Now it's just a decision. People say, James chapter 2, man, you're, you're sitting here saying that it's faith-based only, but it isn't. James says it's works-based. Oh, he does? Is that really what he says? What are the examples that James gives in his letter to Jewish people? What are the examples? He gives two examples of people living in works. Perfect. So one example that he gives is Rahab opening up the door to the spies who came in to spy out the land. James chapter 2 is not a trick. You can look there. It's right in your book. What's the other example? Abraham. He took his son Isaac and he offered him up a sacrifice. And so James says, these people have a living faith. And so the church says, then I've got to do this works thing. And if I don't do works, then I won't be saved because I don't have faith. James asks a very important question in that chapter. He says it this way. He says, can these then be saved by their works? What do you think the answer to that question is? No, they can't be saved by works. What are you talking about, pastor? I thought you were talking about bearing fruit. I am. I am. Can they be saved by their works? Can they be saved by this kind of faith? The answer is so we've said, well, this is for the Christian. This is how we're supposed to live. And what that says to me, Jim, is that Abram, every single day of his life, got up, grabbed Isaac, threw him over his shoulder, walked up on top of the mountain, built up an altar, put wood on the altar, set it on fire, bound his son, put his son. Well, of course he didn't do that every day. He did it one time. Well, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle of how I'm supposed to live every day of my life as a Christian. I'm supposed to do works, and if I don't, then my faith is dead. Then Rahab, every, still today? <laughs> 3,250 years old, opening up the door, stinking no spies again. <laughs> how many think it's important to find out what the Bible says? So what are they talking about this living faith? What is it do you think that he's talking about? How is it that you work a work? All right. <clears throat> you come to a place where every single day you've got the genius of God living on the inside of you. His name is Holy Spirit. And you come to a place in everything that you do. You say, I'm going to do this in the flesh, what I think, or I'm going to do this in the spirit, what he's telling me to do, what he's leading me to do. Those are the works that we're supposed to yes. do. Yes. Yes. Now, Galatians chapter 5 says this, the fruit of the Christian is evident. Whose fruit is it? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Well, 
I have to labor to be patient, you will be the most impatient person in the entire world because you'll be sitting there saying, how long is this going to last? How long do I got to wait? How much longer? How much longer until I'm perfect? How much longer until I'm patient? That is not going to do anything for you. The fruit of the what? Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. The fruit of the what? The fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit of the Christian. The fruit of the Spirit. So if I'm to bear fruit for God, which the Bible tells me I'm supposed to, the Bible tells me in Romans that I'm supposed to bear fruit for God because I have received knowledge of what I am. Because I have received knowledge of whose I am. I'm to bear fruit because, see, it's a byproduct of your walk with God. It's not a working so that you can, a laboring and a toil so that you can. It's a byproduct. Christ is in you. Because he's in you, he is desiring to drive your vessel every single day of your life. I thank God that I pray in tongues. I thank God that you pray in tongues. I thank God that this church is filled with tongue-talking Christians. But I am so more interested, much more interested in people who are yielded to the Holy Spirit. More than just praying in tongues, where is the fruit or the evidence of the Spirit residing in you in your life? You can't work it up. You can't strive to earn it. You can't attain it someday. And it's not mental ascent. How does it come? It's a daily yielding and a daily surrender. Hey, I'm going to be like Rahab. If it comes to it, I'll open up the door to Jesus when he's knocking. I'm going to be like Abram. If it came to it, I'd obey the Holy Spirit no matter what he asked me to do. But see, we've got to get ourselves out of this, this hopeless cycle that says, and I get all my stars again this week. I'll do better next week. I'll be better next week. There are a few things that we have to remember. One, God has chosen to forget your trespasses and your sin. Two, the book of Hebrews tells us, the Holy Spirit has chosen to forget your trespasses and to give, forget your sin. And finally, three, if God has chosen and the Holy Spirit has chosen to call you free from your sins, then you need to let yourself off the hook. For some reason, people have this understanding or this idea or this thought process that says, well, I just have to be a good Christian. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You started off perfected by the Spirit. How is it that you think that you can now be perfected by just I just gotta be a better I just gotta be a better Christian. Well, where are you gonna go to do that? How are you gonna do that? See, again, this doesn't say because the truth of God's word is being communicated to you this morning, this doesn't say, Hey, I'm free, I don't have to go to church. Uh nonsense. Of course you do. 
You're supposed to. Well, I, I'm not under the law. That's not under the law either. We're not talking about the law. I wish just once for all we could put to bed forever that we are not under the law. I don't believe in the law. I agree with Paul. The law is manure. It can do nothing for us. It will do nothing for us. The law now is for the unbelieving world. I think people just sit there and say, well, that's that law of grace. Is that law of grace? Is that law of grace? I don't believe in the law. The law is rubbish. The law is garbage. The law is manure. There's no way that I can be saved by keeping the law. There's no way I can be declared righteous by keeping the law. The law was a tutor to show me that I can't do this. I need Christ. I feel like I just... We're not free from the responsibility to have an outward expression. This is really important that you listen to this. We're not free from the responsibility to have an outward expression of Christ living in us. Our outward expression of Christ living in us should be we go to church, we fellowship with the saints, we worship God. The outward expression of Christ living in us is we honor the Lord with all our possessions and the first fruits of our increase. Not so I can get accepted. Somehow, I've believed in the past, and I, and I imagine people have as well. Now, I didn't get as many stars on the old prayer thing, but I gave a little extra. So certainly that's got to make up the difference for Christ-like behavior. Oh, I'm the only one that's thought that way? <laughs> fruit that remains is fruit that is derived from the Spirit of God living on the inside of you and living on the inside of me. Anything you do of your own volition or of your own strength, of the strength of the arm of your flesh, is going to be rotten, rotten, stinky fruit. It's going to be compost. Because it doesn't work. We talked about if you go to work, you'll get a paycheck. If you read the Bible, then God will bless you. If you if you evangelize, then you'll be God's favorite. If you then you'll and if you then you'll that is absolute truth. God said, If you then I will. Over and over and over again. Didn't he? In the Old Testament. Absolutely. Over and over and over and over. Why do you think he did that? Because the children of Israel, unfortunately, were much like the body of Christ. Rebellious and complainers and backbiters and gossipers. We're not supposed to live that way. But that's what happens when you bring the trash of the, of, the, of the religious system into the kingdom of God and the new covenant. You just end up being silly. It's either all of grace or it's not of grace at all. It's either all of faith or it's not of faith at all. It's either all of the fruit of the Spirit, the, the evidence of the Spirit living on the inside of me, and not only that, but the evidence that I have said yes to the Spirit's promptings. 
that produces in me patience and peace and gentleness and self-control and love and so on and so on. It's, it's up to me. And people say, well, that goes against what you just said. No, I didn't do anything except for believe by faith to get the Spirit of God on the inside of me. I own this vessel. My spirit belongs to God. This body belongs to me. I've got to go ahead and do what you want. And if we'll get into that place, then Galatians 2.20 will make sense to us. Because I've been crucified. I, my flesh, has been crucified with Christ. My spirit has been crucified with Christ. I'm working on renewing my mind. But I can, because the Bible says my passions and my desires, my flesh, God has provided for me a way out. See, we're not supposed to just live in the passions and the desires. We're supposed to live by being led by the Holy Spirit. But I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. Isn't that what he says in Galatians chapter 2? I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if I'll get myself into a situation where I, every day, the work that I'm supposed to do that'll produce faith that's alive, a living faith, it's just a simple decision. I'm a walk of the Spirit. I'm a walk in the Spirit today. I'm going to walk in the Spirit today. And as a result of me walking in the Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit, or evidence that the Spirit is leading me, will become evident to others. How are you going to work to do that? If you work to try to accomplish or achieve that goal, you will fail miserably, miserably, and you will be like so many others who at the end of the day, you'll just be miserable. I read you that quote from the, the agnostic friend of the minister. In paraphrasing, this agnostic said to a minister friend in the 19, early 1900s, you Christians have a strange religion because you work so hard to keep it, yet it makes you miserable. And it's like you wear it like a man would wear a headache, but you don't want to get rid of your head, so you put up with the headache. There must be a different way to live. There must be a better way for us to live. It must be different. It must, there must be something more, oh, I don't know, appealing. Then look at me, I'm saved and I'm thankful for it. Well, you look miserable. Well, I am. <laughs> but I'm saved and I'm thankful for it. Well, you haven't received Christ to live that way. We haven't received Jesus to be that way. The fruit of the Spirit is love. What's the second one? Joy. Joy. Sometimes we, we need to allow for the Lord to lead us and guide us. I'm going to close with this. You, you, you glad you came to church today? I'm real glad you came to church today. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. Now therefore there remains a rest for the people of God. 
a Sabbath's rest. Now therefore there remains a rest for the people of God. And like God, those who have entered it have ceased from their labors. I believe today the Lord is welcoming you, encouraging you, and I know I'm encouraging you, to stop working so hard in the flesh. Cease from your labors. Cease from the I have to. I've got to. I've got to do this. If I don't do this, who will do it? You know how many times a day that thing comes on me concerning the ministry? Only like 17,000, give or take another thousand. If I don't do this, no one else will. Who will? Who's going to do it? Now, that doesn't say that Brian, Pastor Brian just stops doing. No, I just stop doing it in the strength of my flesh, on my own talent, on my own ability. And I say, Lord, you'll do it. You'll help me. You'll strengthen me. You'll gift me. You'll grace me. And I'll, I'll, we'll get it done. It'll get done. I'm not going to get panicked about who's going to and how's it going to. And we can't get panicked. I'm going to cease from my physical labors and I'm going to enter into a rest that remains for the people of God. Amen? I'm going to rest. Now, that doesn't mean keeping the Sabbath. Paul says, let no one judge you in moons or in festivals or in Sabbaths. Don't let anyone judge you in food or in drink. Don't let anyone judge you. Do not taste. Do not touch. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, I've got to keep the law. I am confident of this, that if, if, <laughs> if we wanted to be religious by the power of the law, I would be out in like two minutes. I'd be just like... Better things to do. How many of you be willing to stop doing anything and everything Friday night when the sun goes down until Saturday night when the sun goes down? I mean, Americans live to do lawn work, working in their flower beds. We would not do well under the law. And bless God, we got to go see a movie and eat a pizza. That wouldn't work out under the law. On Saturdays, I'd try to take Ella and Noah over to BJ's restaurant and get me some eggs and bacon. The boy will eat about a pound of bacon if I let him. <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'd be breaking the law. I'd be breaking the Sabbath. I'm not talking about breaking the, keeping the Sabbath. I'm talking about entering into a rest where you just say, I'm ceasing from my labors. Paul said it this way. It was addressed to the church in Corinth. He said, talking about the apostles, he said, I labored more than they all. Remember this? He says, yet not I, but what? The grace of God. What he was saying is, one definition of grace is help from heaven. So what he was literally saying was, I worked more than all the apostles put together, but not me, the Holy Ghost, did it. I learned to yield myself to the Holy Ghost. I worked more than all of them, but not me, not my strength, the Holy Spirit, the grace of God that was given to me, did it. 
So this is how we're supposed to live. And in doing so, we will bear fruit. And in doing so, we'll have joy in our serving others. And we'll find joy and peace and strength and, and, and blessing. Not blessing like money's going to fall on your head and you've got to duck so it doesn't hurt. But blessing like, man, I'm satisfied with that. I was able to help so-and-so or I was able to do this. Or, man, I took that phone call and just encouraged that person. Amen. Blessed. Fruit. We're to be fruitful. But we're, we're to allow the life that we now live, we're allowing Christ's life to live through our physical body. And we're allowing his fruit to come out and be a blessing to other people. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the truth. Sometimes it makes people happy, and sometimes it doesn't make people happy. But Lord, we love the truth. We thank you for the truth. And we thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that we have to hear the word of God and to be encouraged. We thank you, Father God, for moving on our hearts and moving on our spirits to bring things to us, to remind us, to encourage us that it's not about us. I am not working here on earth to somehow build a treasure in heaven. I'm not laboring here. I'm not striving here. I'm not working here. So that way I'll have a vault of rewards in heaven. In fact, Father, that doesn't even pan out scripturally. What I'm doing is living every day by the grace of God. I'm living every day with the person of the Holy Spirit dictating to me what this body is going to do. And therefore, my services and my deeds to humanity and my services and my deeds to you will not be burned up like wood, hay, or stubble. They will be tried in the fire of judgment, but not judgment of whether I should be in heaven or hell. That's already been established. But judgment of whether or not I did the things that I did by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit the right attitude and the right heart and the right motive or whether I did those things by the arm of the flesh thank you Father God for the word thank you for helping us lean completely on you and trust completely on you and rely completely on you those philosophers spoke rightly when they said that it is in him that we live and move and have our being. That is right. That is truth. We thank you, Father God, for the complete work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord.